Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast, Book 7, Chapter 6. How did this chapter strike you? Uh, Techrific says, how did it strike me? Well, I sort of feel an uneasiness creep up on me. Health problems in families really do seem to accumulate and have a ketchup effect when they appear. I feel bad that maybe I've misjudged Christian. His hypochondria eventually bore fruit with a real illness. Poor Clara, this was foreseen as she was given so little attention in the book. Thomas is a philosoph- in a philosophical mood, was really interesting to me, and a lot of previous discussions we've had with other books came back to me, and I termed them human truths. What Husserl would have said are truths in the Lebenswelt, the world of life, as opposed to truths in physics. I agree with Andrew about constraints often being good for creative endeavours. We have to live and work within boundaries. Questions of meaning, however, are difficult. We have we have to evacuate. Sorry, we have to we have to excavate and work hard at finding meaning for ourselves. I feel that the Thomas is feeling that meaning has perhaps slipped away. Why do I work this hard if I can't even enjoy the benefits of it? I think many people feel this way, and sometimes we have to prune the hedge of our endeavours. Hmm. I like that. Nice way to think of it. Just reading that made me want to, like, buy something nice for myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not that I don't do that, but just made me have that feeling. Like, yeah, why am I... Why am I saving up money when I could just be buying new video games? Etc. Um, I'm sure that wasn't your intended takeaway, Techrific, but that's what I got from it. Swim said the mama fish. She says TLDR. It's just one damn thing after another, and that's what's the point of it all. Thomas is having a psychological existential crisis, but at least snobby and clueless Tony is happy. Clara is dying. Christian has a real illness. Thomas has a business setback. Thomas's soliloquy, in part, when Hannah was christened, how he said to me, it's as if a whole new era is beginning. I can still hear it, quite clearly. And it seemed to me when you arrived, because then came the election for senator, and I was lucky, and this house rose up here out of the earth. Thomas has found out that children's status and things do not bring about the happiness he was expecting. Yeah. And Tony is both snobby and clueless, as demonstrated in this chapter. Rather an illuminating chapter. Everyone's either sick or... uh, I don't know. Kind of delusional, I guess. Uh, Jan Brunt says, anyone else remember the detail that the original Buddenbrook house was purchased not, not long after it was completed and the family went into decline? Tom's philosophy that circumstances are entirely dependent on inner strength and drive is the outlook of a man of unexamined privilege and success, someone who has never had to deal with the fundamental injustices of the world, poverty, illness, natural disaster. We have a saying in the US referencing baseball He was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple, meaning essentially he's taking personal credit for accomplishments he did not earn. Well, it feels right now like the perfect setup for 
the rapid decline of a family, doesn't it? You know, they're doing well right now, but also it just feels like they're on the edge of everything blowing up in their faces. Of course, that's got to start with things going right. You know, he gets elected, he goes and buys this new house, he's feeling good about it, and then, oh no. All right, let's read chapter 7. You don't even ask me. You go right over my head. I have done as I had to do. I have done as I had to do. You've acted like a distracted person in a perfectly reasonable way. Reason is not the highest thing on earth. Please don't make phrases. The question is one of the most ordinary justice, which you have most astonishingly ignored. Let me suggest to you, my son, that you yourself are ignoring the duty and respect which you owe to your mother. And I answer you, my dear mother, by telling you that I have never for a moment forgotten the respect I owe you, but that my attributes as a son become void when I look when I took my father's place as head of the family and of the firm. I desire you to be silent, Thomas. No, I will not be silent, so long as you fail to realise the extent of your own weakness and folly. I have a right to dispose of my own property as I choose. Within the limits of justice and reason, I could never have believed you would have the heart to wound me like this. And I could never have believed that my own mother would slap me in the face. Tom, why Tom? Frau Pramada's anguished voice got itself a hearing at last. She sat at the window of the landscape room, wringing her hands while her brother paced up and down in a state of high excitement, and the Frau Consul, beside herself with angry grief, sat on the sofa, leaning with one hand on its upholstered arm while the other struck the table to emphasise her words. All three were mourning for Clara, who was now no longer of this earth, and all three were pale and excited. What was going on? Something amazing, something dreadful, something at which they, very actors in their scene themselves, stood aghast and incredulous. A quarrel, an embittered disagreement between mother and son. It was a sultry August afternoon, only ten days after the senator had gently prepared his mother and given her the letters from Clara and Tiberius, the blow fell and he had the harder task of breaking to the old lady the news of death itself. He travelled to Riga for the funeral, and returned with his brother-in-law, who spent a few days with the family of his deceased wife, and also visited Christian in the hospital at Hamburg, and now, two days after, the pastor had departed for home. The Frau Consul, with obvious hesitation, made a certain revelation to her son, 127,500 marks current cried he and shook his clasped hands in front of him if it were the dowry even if he wanted to keep the 80,000 marks though considering there's no heir even that but to promise him Clara's whole inheritance right over my head without saying a yes or no Thomas for our blessed lord's sake do me some sort of justice at least could I act otherwise tell me could I she who has been taken from us is now with God. She wrote me from her deathbed with faltering hand a penciled letter. Mother, she wrote, we shall see each other no more on this earth, and these are, I know, my dying words to you. With my last conscious thoughts, I appeal to you for my husband. God gave us no children, but when you follow me, 
and let what would have been mine, if I had lived, go to him to enjoy during his lifetime. Mother, it is my last request, my dying prayer, you will not refuse it. No, Thomas, I did not refuse it. I could not. I sent a dispatch to her, and she died in peace. The Pharaoh Consul wept violently. And you never told me a syllable. Everybody conceals things from me, and acts without my authority, repeated the senator. Yes, Thomas, I have kept silent, for I felt I must fulfill the last wish of my dying child, and I knew you would have tried to prevent me. Yes, by God, I would have. You would have had no right to, for three of my children would have been on my side. I think my opinion has enough weight to balance that of two women and a degenerate fool. You speak of your brother and sisters as heartlessly as you do to me. Clara was a pious, ignorant woman, mother, and Tony is a child, and anyhow, she knew nothing about the affair at all until now, or she might have talked at the wrong time, hey? And Christian, oh, he got... Christian's consent did Tiberius? Who would have thought it of him? Do you know now, or didn't? don't you grasp it yet, what he is, this ingenious pastor? He's a rogue and a fortune hunter. Sons-in-law are always rogues, said Frau Permanita, in a hollow voice. He is a fortune hunter. What does he do? He travels to Hamburg and sits down by Christian's bed. He talks to him, yes, says Christian, yes, Tiberius, God bless you. Have you any idea of the pain I suffer in my left side? Oh, the idiots, the scoundrels, they joined hands against me. And the senator, perfectly beside himself, leaned against the wrought iron fire screen and pressed his clenched hands to his temples. This paroxysm of anger was out of proportion to the circumstances. No, it was not the 127,000 marks that had brought him to this unprecedented state of rage. It was rather that his irritated scene senses connected this case with the series of rebuffs and misfortunes which had lately attended him in both public and private business. Nothing went well any more. Nothing turned out as he intended it should. And now, had it come to this, that in the house of his father's they went over his head in matters of the highest importance, that a pastor from Riga could thus bamboozle him behind his back, he could have prevented it, if he had only been told, but events had taken their course without him. It was this which he felt could not have happened earlier, would not have dared to happen earlier. Again his faith tottered, his faith in himself, his luck, his power, his, for his future, and it was nothing but his own inward weakness and despair that broke out in this scene before mother and sister. Frau Pomerida stood up and embraced her brother. Tom, she said, do control yourself. Try to be calm. You will make yourself ill. Are things so very bad? Tiberius doesn't need to live so very long, perhaps, and the money would come back after he dies. And if you want it to, it can be altered. Can it not be altered, Mama? The Frau Consul answered only with sobs. Oh, no, no, said the Consul, pulling herself together and making a weak gesture of dissent. Let it be as it is. Do you think I would carry it on to court and sue my own mother and add a public scandal to the family one? It may go as it is, he concluded, and walked lifelessly to the glass door where he paused and stood. But you need not imagine, he said in a suppressed voice, that things are going so brilliantly with us. Tony lost 80,000 marks and Christian, 
beside the setting up of 50,000 that he has run through with, has already had 30,000 in advance and will need more, as he is not earning anything, and will have to take a cure at Oinhausen, and now Clara's dowry is permanently lost and her whole inheritance besides for an indefinite period, and business is poor, it seems to have gone to the devil precisely since the time when I spent more than a 100,000 marks on my house. No, things are not going well in a family where there are such scenes as this today. Let me tell you one thing, if father were alive, if he were here in this room, he would fold his hands and commend us to the mercy of God. Alright, there we go, that's the chapter for you. Very good. Tom, not a happy chappy. Alright, uh, thanks for listening, I'll see you tomorrow.